Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Need training? Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of weekly live and on-demand training sessions. Plus, get access to vendor setup form templates and reference tools that will help you and your team avoid fraud, fines, and bad vendor data. So sign up for a free account to get access to free training sessions, vendor process, FAQs, and a resource library with information you need to manage your vendor master file. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. To mitigate fraud, many companies are taking steps to avoid potential fraud risk, including verifying banking details by phone. So if that happens when you try to confirm your vendor's bank change, what can you do? Keep listening. Welcome to episode 274. Here is what to do when your vendor's policy is not to confirm banking via phone. I learn so much when I go to in-person conferences with uh, AP practitioners. I'm usually speaking, uh, but the conversations that I have during those sessions and in between those sessions, when I sit at the tables, right, and we're eating um, for one of the um, (laughs) lush meals that the calories don't count during those conferences, by the way. But in any event, I have very interesting conversations. And one of those conversations that I had was someone that was uh, uh, the accounts payable manager, and they were very frustrated because they said they're running up against more and more, really two things. One, when they try to find the vendor's uh, phone number for the applicable point of contact to confirm banking, the uh, phone number, uh, and in many cases, the email addresses of the AR group, um, those are just gone, right? Because the vendors are trying to uh, mitigate fraud that can come about by having, right, the communication um, email, telephone number available for fraudsters to get to. So they're taking that stuff off of their websites. Not only that, but let's say you already have the phone number, um, they're calling. And this is what the accounts payable manager said when they call they're being told very abruptly that the uh, their policy is not to validate banking details via phone. And I get that because other conferences, non-AP conferences that I go to, and I just came back from one uh, in January with a bunch of cybersecurity awareness professionals. That was actually a really good conference. And one thing they talked about was or demonstrated um, was that AI is here 
and fraudsters are using it. And one speaker even demonstrated real-time voice changing. So it was a male speaker and he demonstrated he could sound like anyone, a female, and it wasn't just different genders. It was the type of voice. And so the point here is, is that you never know who you're talking to on the phone. And so I don't blame those vendors or those points of contact, right, for, or the vendors for having the policy and then the points of contact for not, you know, for following that policy and not validating banking because they don't, how do they know who you are, right? You're calling them seemingly out of the blue, especially if they didn't initiate it. If it was initiated, the banking change request was initiated by a froster. You're calling them out of the blue and you could be the froster for all they know. Now, I always talk about authentication and I think that needs to be done um, on both sides, asking those identifying questions like what happens when you contact your bank or these days, really anyone. It happened to me when I contacted my cable company about my internet um, service. They asked me two to three identifying questions. And maybe that can be done on both sides. But the point um, that we're talking about in this episode is, well, how do you handle the fact that you have a request for a vendor banking change? Your process is to call and confirm it. And when you call, they refuse to confirm the banking changes because their policy is that they do not confirm bank details via phone. So now what? And the accounts payable manager did mention that it was specifically by phone, but if they have a policy that they're not going to confirm banking details by phone, then they most likely have that same policy via email, whether it's a secure email or maybe encrypted email. They're just not going to confirm banking details. And again, you can't blame them for the, uh, because of all the fraud that is out there. So back to now what? And let me just say too, that I know some of you out there um, have this policy or are probably thinking, we just won't make the bank change if they do not confirm it by phone because it could be a fraudulent payment. And I get that. I get why you say that, but that may not always be something that you have the power to do. At least two reasons. One, if the bank change is valid, then that means the next time you make a payment to that vendor, that banking is going to fail. That payment will not be successful. Uh, Or maybe if they have the same bank, your bank or the vendor's bank will change it because sometimes they will do that so that the payment will be successful, but they won't do it forever. And if you don't make the change then you could be, and they keep changing it for you at some point, they're going to stop and they're going to register a violation with um, NACHA, the governing board over uh, the ACH network in the U.S. And so that is a violation of NACHA operating rules. So not only may you be susceptible, right, to fines from not following the ACH operating rules from NACHA, or maybe the payment just fails and now you have to deal with the uh, returned payment. So in any event, you are right back to where you started from, 
with having to update your vendor's banking without the ability for that confirmation call. Now, the second reason you may not have the power to just not make the bank change is because that could be a strategic supplier, which means your company needs whatever it is they're purchasing from that vendor. Now, if your vendor is a strategic supplier, you probably have more options um, because it's probably a PO vendor. And so you can reach out to the buyer or someone in the purchasing or procurement group Uh, to get assistance to validate that banking change. So two reasons, at least two reasons, you may not be able to just ignore the bank change is because it could be legitimate and future payments will not be successful or result in a notch fine. And then two, because that could be a strategic vendor and you definitely don't want to not pay that vendor because your company could rely on whatever goods or services they provide. So here is one thing that you can do, and I've talked about it before, maybe not in this context, and it's certainly not the only thing that you can do, but this is one thing that you can take a look at. And that is, replace that confirmation call at the beginning of the process, uh, right? When you receive the, uh, the banking change, you do the confirmation call and then you update it in the vendor master file. And then when the uh, when invoices are due, you run your pay file, it's going to pull in those invoices. It's also going to pull in uh, the banking details for that ACH payment to go off to the bank and then be paid. So instead of doing the confirmation call at the beginning of the process, do it at the end of the process. Uh, That way you are not confirming banking details. You are confirming that they receive the payment. So what does that look like? So when the pay cycle is run, it's going to generate a pay file and that pay file is going to include the amount due for the employee or for the employee, for the vendor. And then it's uh, going to pull in to that pay file, the banking details that you updated based on that uh, request that was received, right? And so you weren't able to confirm the banking, but when that pay file goes to the bank um, for ACHs, your vendor should be able to see that uh, payment in their bank account within 48 hours for ACH payment. And if you're doing wire payments, whether you're doing them through treasury or through a pay file as well, uh, that should be same day, right? And your ACHs, by the way, could be same day as well. So it could be same day or within 48 hours. Now, whichever that is for your vendor, do the confirmation call at uh, within that time period that they should have received it. So instead of, again, doing it at the beginning to confirm the banking, do it at the end and confirm that they received the payment. Because this is the stage that if they did not receive the payment, that means that it may have been a fraudulent request. And the great thing about that is, is that you're finding out within that 
same day period within that 48 hour period. So that means that you're probably most likely still within your bank's threshold to recover the funds. And that is way better than waiting for the vendor. If that was a fraudulent request, fraudulent payment, um, fraudulent banking details resulting in a fraudulent payment. It's much better to know now than waiting on your vendor to miss the payment which could be right days, weeks, even months later. And at that time, it may be too late to recover the funds. So bottom line is if your vendor's policy is to not confirm banking via phone, meaning that confirmation call is not possible when you have a bank change, then switch it to confirming receipt of the payment. And there should be no issue with confirming the receipt of the payment. Now, I will say this is not 100% foolproof because nothing is, but it does give you a great option if the vendor will not validate the bank change. Now, in addition to using it for this purpose, you can also put this in place if you had an unusually large payment and you want to make sure, especially if you've had a bank change, even if they did confirm, the vendor did uh, confirm the bank change request, you can still put this into place as an additional uh, control for any payments that you know are over a specific threshold that have also had uh, recent uh, payment changes or bank changes. This is a great thing to put into place uh, in that scenario as well. It's a great control. Oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about authentication is I do have some free authentication training. Uh, it's a free section in the three-step vendor setup and maintenance uh, process workshop. So I will leave a link to that training, uh, that free training in the show notes. So check it out if you're interested. All right. So that's it for today. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 274th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.